Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, wanting to welcome you here to Believe with my co-host, Jamie D'Amico. We both want to send our Happy New Year greetings to all of Bills Mafia. It has definitely, uh, well, we all know how bad 2020 was. We're not going to reflect on all the tragedy and turmoil we got through but you know what jamie we made it we turned the calendar 2021 is here and the fact that the bills are hosting a home playoff game i know it's nothing compared to what we dealt with in 2020 but it's nice to at least get to focus for a minute on sports and the distraction that we get by rooting for those buffalo bills who have a chance to clinch the number two seed with a win on sunday against the miami dolphins i mean let's be honest here the buffalo bills have been a high point of 2024, a lot of people certainly they certainly have for me. I mean, I didn't see them coming in and being quite as good as they are. I didn't expect Josh Allen to turn himself into a superstar this season. If there's a bright spot for last year, it would have to be the Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah, I mean, again, from a purely and and you know, I say this under the context of I'm lucky enough to have a secure job where I could work from home and I don't have any family members or friends who came down with COVID. And so from my bubble and my place of privilege, uh, I'm very fortunate that the bills have been a distraction uh, to, to focus on because this has been such a fun team, such an unexpectedly fun team. Um, I, I think before the year started, I, I thought 10 wins was, was kind of the, the regular season cap. Uh, for this team, given how tough the schedule was, given the bounce back uh, of the injuries, you know, the Bills were one of the healthiest teams in the league in 2019. And those things tend to even themselves out over time. Uh, and that has not I mean, the Bills have had their their fair share of injuries and they've been banged up along the offensive line. And, you know, John Brown's been hurt and on the covid list. And Cole Beasley is now week to week with what could be a bad injury for the mm. offense. Um, and we can talk about that coming up here in a little bit, but it's nice, Jamie, to have – how, how great is it? I don't know how it is for you in D.C., but for me up here outside of Rochester, you know, I, I walk my dog. I'm wearing my Bills gear. I see so much Bills gear on my neighbors just walking around, and there's this sense of like, you know what? All right, we've got this to bond us and unite us, and it's pretty damn cool that something like sports where – we have no impact on the outcome of the game as much as you want to think that 
not wearing underwear on game day or wearing your lucky Josh <laughs> Allen jersey for the 35th straight week is why the team is 12 and 3. It has nothing to do with it. But that we can I love. I, I'm sorry to jump in here, but I love you try to act like the only time you don't wear underwear is on game day. <laughs> we know better than that, John. My wife is not available for comment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, there's all these crazy little superstitions out there. And like, I don't know. It's just, it was so, I'm just so thankful that we actually have football and sports to watch because remember that stretch starting in mid-March where sports were taken away from us because of the pandemic. And then they slowly came back with Major League Baseball. Uh, the NBA did their bubble. And I'll be honest, I didn't know if the NFL was going to make it all the way to the playoffs without a major stoppage. Now, there were some horrible incidents along the way where the Broncos played without a quarterback and we had, you know, teams playing three games in 12 days and scheduling nightmares. But for the most part, the NFL has made it through this unscathed. That's not to say, though, they're in the clear because, man, uh, Alvin Kamara is on the COVID uh, testing list and Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay, their star tailback is on the list as well. So just buckle up, man. It's going to be a wild ride. Our own Ryan Fitzpatrick is missing this game against the Buffalo Bills because he has tested positive for COVID. It's going around, man. You know, there was even a, a little scare on the Buffalo Bills last week. It's happening. The Browns are missing six players going into their game against the Steelers that really we need the Browns to win, and they're missing most of their defensive backs now. It's amazing that they have gotten this far because you have to you have to think. Of course, they're trying to be in their bubbles, but there's so much physical contact in football. Like it is going to be passed from player to player if they're tackling each other, if they're blocking each other. It hasn't really happened. So my hat is off to the league and the players for understanding what it takes to minimize the spread and for giving us a football season. I'm I'm being selfish here. I am I'm a football taker. Now I realize that they really want the season to come off because there's so much money at stake. There's billions of dollars that change hands because of the NFL. But us, you know, we watch the games, we chat about the games, and it it's something that I want and sometimes feel like I need in my life. And I'm so glad that the players in the league have figured out how to make it work for us, the consumer. Yeah, you're you're right, Jamie. It is it's a great consumer uh, activity for us to still have Bill's football um, granted, it's not new, nowhere near the same as it was before the pandemic. But again, some football is better than no football. And, you know, I, I guess the Bills have been very fortunate. Yeah, Taiwan Jones had the COVID-19. I'm not Taiwan Jones. Um, TJ Yeldon, sorry. Uh, TJ Yeldon had the COVID-19 scare uh, for the Bills before the Patriots game. And you're always worried about the, the close contact where could that have affected, you know, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss or Taiwan Jones, or any of the other backs. And thankfully, it did not, which is why it's mysterious to me, Jamie, for the Dolphins, that Fitzy does test positive for COVID. He's going to miss uh, the chance to possibly start in or back up uh, or be the closer, as Brian Flores calls him, to Tua Tungavailoa when it comes to this Week 17 matchup. Because I, I love, you know me, Fitzy was my quarterback that I picked 
for the all drought team. I have a proud 50 Jersey owner. I will go to bat for that man, even though he was maddeningly frustrating and always threw a backbreaking pick. He was just a fun quarterback to have on my team. I wanted Fitzy to make the playoffs and selfishly. I want the dolphins to make the playoffs because I think we can crush them if we have them in a matchup. And I'd much rather they make the playoffs than say, I don't know, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens who are lurking right now in that bottom of the AFC bracket. It's crazy. Jamie, the fact that we're sitting here week 17 is coming up. The bills are playing the dolphins. If the bills win, they get the two seed. Um, if Buffalo loses and Pittsburgh wins, the Steelers get the two seed. And like you mentioned, both these teams are battling a lot of COVID issues and, and injuries. The Steelers are not playing a lot of their starters, including Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Mason Rudolph is going to take most of the snaps. Maybe some Duck Hodges spread in there for posterity's sake. On the quarterback, your favorite, division. Duck Hodges. <laughs> you always say that with such disdain. <laughs> it's because I have no respect for what the guy can do as quarterback. And, uh, <laughs> For what that's worth, of course, I have no quarterbacking skills myself. I'm a great armchair quarterback, but it's uh, yeah, the Steelers are banged up. They're 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 benching a lot of their players, and this is going to segue into our conversation for this week's podcast. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but we're going to set the table and talk about the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, and what the Bills should do on Sunday. Because, like I was saying a little bit earlier, if the Bills the Bills have a very clear path to the number two seed, which would guarantee them two home playoff games should they win and avoiding the Kansas city chiefs until the AFC championship game. Should the chiefs win the bills can get that number two seed by winning against the Miami dolphins on Sunday. It's as plain as that. There's other ways they can get the two seed. If the Steelers lose to the Cleveland Browns, Buffalo clinches the second seed in the AFC. But Jamie, it's not a given that Pittsburgh is going to lose to the Cleveland Browns or that Cleveland is going to beat Pittsburgh and Cleveland's in a must win after dropping a horrifically ugly game to the New York jets. Why on earth Baker Mayfield is throwing the ball 55 times when he's minus his top four wide receivers. And you've got Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb is, is beyond me, but because of atrocious play calling and the Browns being the Browns, the Browns are now needing help to get into the playoffs and they need to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers to do that. This is eerily reminiscent of 2004 when Buffalo hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers and needed to win against Pittsburgh's backups to get in. And we all know what happened from there. Yeah. Now, let's be fair about that uh, Steelers team that the Bills was playing, that the Bills were playing in 2004. That was an incredibly deep Pittsburgh team. And on their bench, amongst the bench warmers who started that game was James Harrison and Willie Parker. I mean, (laughs) a perennial pro bowler and possible hall of famer started that game, even though he was a backup. So they were just unbelievably deep. And I would say they were probably deeper that year than most teams are this year, but that's not to say that the Buffalo bills should have beaten backups back then and for those who remember <laughs> the bills had nothing they they got nope. nothing off the ground that game nothing it was like they they were utterly dominated i am looking at the box score because i'm a masochist uh from that game in 2005 it was january 2nd man 
I love me some Drew Bledsoe, but he was terrible this day. He completed 50% of his passes, no touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked three times. Willis McGahee, 18 carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns, a lone bright spot on offense. And Nate Clements had a great pick six that gave Buffalo a 17-16 lead. And then the Bills proceeded to just give everything back. Uh, There was a fumble six for James Harrison, the aforementioned James Harrison. Uh, And then this and that that really clinched it. I mean, the, the Steelers at that point went up by nine. They went on to win 29 to 24 and dash Buffalo's playoff hopes. So just because and the and the Steelers were 15 or were, were 14 and one at that point. I mean, they were just a juggernaut under coach Bill Cower and former XFL star Tommy Maddox comes in and leads the Steelers to victory in a backbreaking loss for those bills. Now, I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen on Sunday for the Browns and the Steelers, but you just never know in the National Football League and the Steelers and the Browns is one of those time honored rivalries where anything can happen out there. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh won this game on Sunday because the Browns are the Browns. Um, I expect the Browns to win, but the best way Buffalo can get that number two seed, they've got this in their own hands. It's take care of the dolphins at home. And that Jamie is our segue into the main crux of our podcast here. What should Sean McDermott do with the Buffalo bills starters knowing that a win gives them the two seed and knowing that getting the two seed gives you again, those two home playoff games. How does that weigh against the risk of possibly getting an injury to a key player? Like we saw with Cole Beasley against the Patriots. You know, it's and and here's a phrase that you use. It's a time honored tradition this time of year for the sports media landscape to debate the, do you start them or do you sit them? And that conversation has not been relevant to us for a very long time because the Bills have always needed to win, with the exception of last year. They they had it wrapped up um, with one game left, uh, their, their wild card berth. But man, I, I'm so glad that here we are. And when you take a look at it, the Steelers announced almost right away that Roethlisberger was going to sit. And then over the course of the week, they said, well, you know what? Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, they're sitting and Marquise Pouncey is sitting. I mean, these are their best players. I look at the Buffalo Bills and I take a look at what it means to have home field games. And this season, I don't think it means that much. If you're only having 10,000 people in the stands, if you're having anybody at all, the Bills will be having 6,700. Does it make that much of a difference? Because obviously traveling is something that they do regularly. You'd rather sleep in your own bed. That's better. It's certainly better to sleep in your own bed to stay in your routine. But these guys have already traveled by the time the playoffs come around eight times this season. They're pros. They've they've done it throughout their professional career. They have done it throughout their college career. Road games are nothing new to them. And then the and then the question you have is without a crowd, does it make a difference? So I think when I look at what the Steelers have done, They right away looked at it and they said, you know, two seed, three seed, it doesn't really matter. 
It doesn't matter because the wildcard teams are pretty tightly bunched up when it comes to their records, when it comes to the quality of the opponents. Um, and I don't think, whether you're the two or the three seed, I don't think you would see the Chiefs until the AFC Championship anyway. So that is a factual statement that the whoever the two or the three would avoid the number one seed, the Chiefs, until the AFC title game at uh, Kansas City at Arrowhead if the seeds were to hold true. Now, let me make a counterpoint, Jamie, just real quick to your and you bring up very good points. And I want to run through. There are if you good luck to you, Bills fans, if you want to figure out all the permutations and combinations of Buffalo, who they're going to play. It's 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 unbelievable how there's still such a lack of uh, of clarity with regards to Buffalo and who they're going to face in the in the playoff game. And, and by the way, the, the Bills announced and the tickets went by very quickly. There's going to be about 6,700 fans uh, socially distanced and spread out at Bill Stadium for the wild card, which, by the way, Jamie, wild card weekend is now triple headers on Saturday and Sunday. So, boy, hide your kids, hide your wife. It's playoff football time. But there's um there, there's so many crazy scenarios out here. I'll, I'll just paint this for you as my counterpoint before we get into the scenarios and who teams who we want to see the Bills play. One of the reasons I want the Bills, they, they have to avoid the injury bug for sure. Cole Beasley is week to week with his injury. Yep. The Bills have done a pretty good job. I don't think it's official yet, but um, they're supposed to be signing Kenny Stills, the former Dolphin Texan, and I believe he played for the Saints for a little bit. Um, they're supposed to be signing him uh, to a wide receiver free agent contract, which would definitely help to take up for the loss of Beasley were he to miss a playoff game. But that obviously Beasley's absence is huge because he has been a monster in the slot. He was so close to his first ever 1000 yard receiving season and his presence on the field made up for the lack of John Brown, uh, especially who missed a lot of time with an injury and with the COVID list. So John Brown's back. He's been activated. Uh, he'll be back for the playoffs as well. The Bills have their full complement of wide receivers outside of, of Beasley, who, again, is nursing that foot injury. But one of the reasons, Jamie, selfishly, I want Buffalo to host the first two games in the playoffs by getting that two seed is simple. I want to see a team come to Western New York under the most adverse conditions that being heavy snow and see Tua from Alabama and Hawaii and Miami struggle mightily in the snow in the first round or the Colts, a dome team who Philip Rivers played in San Diego and LA before coming to Indianapolis, the matchups that Buffalo could have. I know the bills will play whoever, wherever on whatever surface they need to, but part of me deep down wants to get those first two games in home conditions. So the weather can just go berserk and mother nature can have a field day. You know, I, I hear that, and normally I totally agree with that. However, haven't we seen that Josh Allen struggles in inclement weather? You know, I, I don't know offhand. I, I'm tending to think you're – I mean, I know he didn't do great against the Chiefs uh, in that rain, in that monsoon game that the Bills had earlier this year. The Bills really haven't had um, a prototypical snow game that I can recall – um, they've had a lot of wind, and that's been a challenge for Josh. But when it comes to snow, I'm trying to think. He wasn't with the Bills in 2017 for that snow overtime right. game against the Colts. Were and you there? 
I I was there, my friend. I did not make it all the way to the end of the game because uh, I am a human being who was freezing his, you know, what off out there, even though we had all the all the gear. And th- that game was such I mean, look, it was fun to be there for that one, for sure. The tailgating, you know, it was clear skies at 10 in the morning, nine in the morning. And then by 1115, the first flake started to fall and we're walking to the game are like, you know, quarter of a mile jaunt from the private parking lot. And it's like, you're in a snow globe. I mean, it was just unbelievable and surreal. And Nathan Peterman, the one clutch play he had as a bill to Kelvin Benjamin with that touchdown catch. Talk about unexpected connections. One of the, one of football's all time buttheads, Kelvin Benjamin. I, I tell you, I'm with you on that, man. He is, he's a, he's a bonehead, a butthead. And, but he made one good play for the bills in his career. It was that catch from Nathan Peterman. And then, you know, just seeing the football stick in the snow, uh, you know, it, it was like, it reminded me so much of, again, far less talent, but, you know, growing up, I, we would always play snow football either right after Thanksgiving or during Christmas break, we'd get guys together, go five on five, seven on seven, play in someone's backyard and, and take on, you know, I'm Jim Kelly. I'm Thurman Thomas. I'm Andre Reed. Nobody ever wanted to be Kent Hull because you wanted to be the, studs who are making the plays not the guy starting the the play in motion but man that to me epitomized football so call me old school but i really i i I think josh could handle whatever environment is thrown his way because he has just shown so much progress and all of that comes back to what he did slaying the dragon that was the patriots on money we we have made it by the way in this podcast we have gone 20 minutes without talking about the whooping in Foxborough. So kudos to us for showing restraint, but that was just another awesome chapter in this Bills season. Absolutely. I mean, beating the Patriots twice and beating them down in Foxborough. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just sorry that that wasn't the game that clinched the playoffs for them or clinched the division that that would have been even sweeter, but Hey, I'll, I'll take what I can get, man. And it's been, it's been a fun ride and it's a fun team. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the sport punditry out there is ranking the bills oftentimes in the top five, if not the very top of the league right now. And that worries me a little bit. I, I know that the Bills like to be overlooked. And anytime my expectations are built up, they are often dashed. So I've been programmed. But this seems like a different sort of team, doesn't it? Any any team that can rip off 40 points a game and not really even look like they're trying, that's that, that's a different character right there. Yeah, these are oh, these are totally different Bills teams. I mean, I I'd have to harken back to some, you know, I I love the comparison. I don't like the end result that might happen from what I'm going to say, but I loved the comparison uh, that Jim Kelly uh, made when talking about, you know, Josh Allen and he's on the record as saying he wants Josh to shatter all of his records and he set the single season passing touchdown mark in franchise history and he's close to the passing yardage mark and the completions and and he's breaking a lot of Jim's records for single season success. This team reminded Jim quite a bit of the 1989, uh, the bickering bills, if you will, before they got to that first Super Bowl, where they uh, had the playoff heartbreak in Cleveland and, you know, should have won that playoff game and, and, and great things were, were destined for that team. But I'm not scared of the expectations, Jamie. I've seen people say the bills are by, and I, I made this argument on the podcast that 
the Bills are not only the chief contender and challenger for the Chiefs in the AFC, but I think the Bills have an edge over Kansas City, especially with the defense playing the way they have been playing. And and the Bills in some books and some places are the second lowest odds or second best odds rather to win the Super Bowl. And and that to me, okay, it is it is a little bit alarming that the Bills could be considered the second best team to win the Super Bowl. But why the hell not? I mean, all the weaknesses we've talked about on this team, it seems like they've shored them up. They have an answer. And again, it all starts with how Josh Allen and Brian Dable are running this offense. And if you tell me that Buffalo is going to head into the playoffs fully healthy with a confident Josh Allen, with a defense that's putting people on their ears and getting after the quarterback and forcing turnovers with two running backs who have each have their moments where they can pick up the big first downs and Singletary and Moss with an up and coming tight end who might drop some easy passes, but then make some incredibly challenging catches in Dawson Knox. Why not for this bills team? Why not during COVID would the gods of karma not return the favor to bills fans by letting the bills win the super bowl in a year where fans were for the most part, not let in the stadium. It makes perfect 2020 sense. That is a compelling argument. And you know, my family owns a, a condo in Tampa. So wouldn't it be perfect that I could go down to Tampa where the Super Bowl is being held and the Bills are playing and I can't go to the game? Uh. <laughs> Have they officially said that they're not allowing fans in for the Super Bowl? I don't think they've said yet. Um, I'm sure they will allow fans in, but it's not going to be a full stadium. And since the secondary market would be really my only option, I, I think we will see a much higher price tag than ever in the past. I just bought a house, buddy. I do not have extra funds laying around to pay many thousands of dollars for a scalped ticket. I'm with you. Look, I, you know, under normal circumstances, it would be cool to try to make your way down to watch the game. But man, the Super Bowl is one of those things. An average fan can get a ticket to a World Series game. It's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, but you can get a ticket to watch your favorite team play in the World Series. To watch your favorite team to play in the Super Bowl is going to cost you your firstborn, possibly your secondborn, part of your house. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how expensive these tickets have gotten, which brings me to a point selfishly that I want to say. I give the Bills a lot of credit. I don't know if, if, if we've mentioned this here on the podcast, but uh, a moment of, of humble bragging. Uh, we, we talk about the, the Bills playoff game and who they're going to have in the wild card round. I was fortunate enough. I didn't get four tickets, uh, which is who I have in my season ticket crew. I was trying to get four tickets for the wild card game. Those sold out before the first day of season of tickets, which I believe was December 31st was the first day the bills put the tickets on the market for those who had opted in. Those went by in a hurry. So by the time that my number came and I was able to go through and, and look at the tickets, you could only get pods of two. And, you know, rather than look, I could have pushed it off and said, all right, well maybe we'll I didn't even think about it, Jamie. I saw two tickets. I said, all right, done. We'll buy these two. We'll figure out, who's going to go with me. And we're still figuring out that process of which friend is going to get to go with me for the, the wild card game. It was disappointing to not be able to get all four of us in, but just the fact that we have a chance to go to a home playoff game. Look, let's take a victory where it comes. And I'm just over the moon excited for the chance to go cheer on this team 
whatever time slot, whatever opponent they have. Uh, I've already talked to a couple of people who are going to the game and they're just excited to get to go in because it represents normalcy. It represents the fact that even though we're going to have masks on, we have to get COVID-19 tests at the stadium a couple of days before the playoff game. The Bills are having a home playoff game and there will be at least several thousand fans there. That to me, Jamie, talk about hope. That's some optimism for the fact that we're going to get back to normal hopefully sooner than later. Well, bring your lungs, buddy, because I want to hear you yelling right through the broadcast. It's 6,700 people, but I think you're going to hear more noise out of 6,700 people than they believe is possible. So bring the decibels, people. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So we never actually, you know, we gave our breakdowns, but start them or sit them, John. All right. So yeah, here's here's my quick take. Here's my take on this. I think you're going to see the Buffalo Bills do a hybrid approach of this model. I think the starters are going to play at least the first quarter. And I guarantee you there is one of Sean McDermott's assistant coaches or assistant to the head coach or one of those positional guys is going to be scoreboard watching to see how the Steelers and Browns game is playing out. I think the Bills should play the starters for the first quarter to keep them fresh, to keep them in a good rhythm. This offense has been dynamic. The last thing you want to do is interrupt that by having some time off between now and the sorry. The next to last thing you want to do is disrupt the rhythm. The last thing is, of course, have a major injury happen. But I think the Bills start their starters for the first quarter, and then Matt Barkley takes over, and it's the you know you're you're running Taiwan Jones, uh, Antonio Williams could be coming up from the practice squad at running back. Uh, Gary Jennings and JJ Nelson expect to see a lot of them getting promoted from the practice squad to take over. Stephon Diggs, I don't think he might see the first series and then I would pull him, um, you know, cause obviously he is the difference maker on that offense, but I would see, uh, I would expect to see some of the main offensive guys play one quarter and then get them out of there as fast as you can on defense. Same thing. Um, I expect there to see one series or one quarter's worth rather, um, you know, maybe you sit Trey white and don't play him at all and have Levi and Josh Norman handle the covered, the cornerback duties for the whole game. Um, but that's my strategy, Jamie, is to get the guys. Maybe it's one series. Maybe it's one quarter. If the one series is an 85-yard touchdown drive, then maybe you pull them and have Matt Barkley play the rest of the way. If the defense 
sacks two or twice and, you know, gets a three and out. Maybe that's all you need to see. But I want to at least have the starters get in, get some healthy reps and, and, and get ready to go for the playoffs and then pull them as fast as humanly possible. And I want to see this look like the fourth quarter of a preseason game. I do not want to be able to recognize any of the game, any of the names out on the field. I, I don't want any chance of an injury happening to anybody. What happens if Deion Dawkins goes down? You know, what happens if Diggs goes down? Right. You can't. You just can't take these chances in my mind. These guys are pros. They probably they don't need to be sharp going into the playoffs because they've played an entire season. So having a, a week off, it's just going to help their bodies uh, feel a little bit better when the wild card round comes about. I I just I just don't want to see any recognizable names out there. <laughs> Pull them all, buddy. So, Jamie, with that with that being said, and, and I, I want to give a lot of credit. Um, I'm, I'm reading the article here by the the talented Joe Biscalia on the Athletic, and he's talking about the. He's the best. He is. He's he's incredibly detail oriented and knowledgeable, and he's talking about the practice squad call ups. And there's one name here in particular that I had forgotten about who makes a lot of sense to see a lot of action on Sunday, and it's Trey Adams, the undrafted tackle uh, out of Washington. Look, keep. Daryl Williams on the if Daryl Williams or Deion Dawkins goes down, the Bills playoff chances take a major hit because they have both played out of their minds this year on the offensive line. Why not have Trey Adams play the entire game out there? Uh, tie in Shecky at age 34, 35. Um, you could play him as well because his future is not in Buffalo. He could be another stabilizing force on the line. But again, Dawkins and Williams must be protected at all costs. So I would expect Trey Adams to get a lot of time out there and, and count me excited to see what Antonio Williams, who I think has been cut and re-signed by the bills three times this year, you know, what, what he can do with Taiwan Jones in the backfield after they pull Singletary and Moss. Um, you're right. This is going to represent that fourth uh, preseason game. And who knows, maybe we see the debut of Jake Fromm. maybe the Bills nope. take off the bubble. No, you're, you're keeping him in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I don't know. I mean, Matt Bar I will say this too. Matt Barkley, uh, I know I was I was so happy that the Bills didn't just roll over in the fourth quarter when they're up 31 to 9, that they, you know, that you saw Matt Barkley come in and he's throwing out routes to Andre Roberts and he's looking downfield for the passing game. It was so great for Sean McDermott to, to and the fake punt, by the way. Oh my God, what a thing of beauty that was to see Jaquan Johnson connect. Uh, with the past uh, for the first down for Buffalo on a fake punt, Buffalo was aggressive and they really rubbed it in Belichick's face. And, you know, I, I love the aggressiveness of that play calling. So with that being said, you're not going to have Jake Fromm get some reps out there. No, no, you're going to keep him away from the team and you're going to call up. Oh, what's his name on the practice squad? Davis Webb. Davis Webb. Yeah, uh, they're going to keep Fromm away from the team. Um they're they're going to go with the bubble approach, and really, they picked the right player to do that with because I'm not sure that his teammates want him around anyway. Yeah, that that's true. After the whole you know racial allegations and how Jake Fromm has really kind of maybe there's a reason the Bills have kept him in bubble wrap in their uh, as their COVID protected quarterback. I, I like to see Davis Webb see what he could do in garbage time, and again, as long as 
you know, it's just not any of the key players and key starters out there. Rest them all after that first series or that first quarter. You know, just I, I want the, the health of this team mattered. And there's ways that Buffalo can, again, get that two seed without getting a victory. Um, I think Buffalo's defensive backups who are going to come in are going to be almost, you know, not as talented, but there is a lot of talent on this team top to bottom that we've been talking about. This is their chance to show it off. And, you know, the weather is going to be terrible. It's not going to be snowing as far as I know, but it's going to be temperatures in the the high 20s. The Dolphins should not feel very comfortable in this game at Bill Stadium. And I'm with you, Jamie. The number one goal is being fully healthy heading into the playoffs. So we're going to spare our fans uh, breaking down the Matt Barkley to Andre Roberts connection. We're going to spare, you know, the, the Mike love, what he can do against Miami's starting tackle on the defensive line. Or we're going to spare you, you know, breaking down Duke Thomas and how well he's going to play as a practice squad call up. But I want it before we do our predictions, Jamie, for this game here, I want to ask you, who do you want to see in the first round wildcard opponent? And who is a team that you're thinking, Oh dear God, please keep them away from Buffalo. Well, let me start with the latter question. I do not want to see the Ravens. They are playing well. They are running the ball incredibly right now. They look a lot like that Ravens team from last season that everybody suspected was going to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl this year. They scare the bejesus out of me. They run the ball incredibly well. Lamar Jackson... He ran for almost a thousand yards this season himself. That's just a terrible matchup for the Bills because the Bills struggle with running the ball and they struggle or stopping the run, I should say, and they struggle with play action passing. I do not want to see them. Who do I want to see? I would love to see the Colts or the Dolphins. I I think that Buffalo can trounce both of them and you know, I, I think if you're playing the Dolphins this week as they are, you you basically, again, you go about it like it's a preseason game. You've got four offensive plays, four defensive plays, and that's all you run. And don't show them anything. It would be hard, uh, Jamie, to argue with your opponent of who I do not want to see being the Baltimore Ravens. Close second going to the Tennessee Titans, who I think are a very dangerous team as well. It all depends with Tennessee uh, winning the AFC South. Uh, all they need to do, um, it's them or the Colts going for that AFC South divisional title. And uh, I don't think it's any, uh, you know, the Colts have to have a lot of things happen um, to get the divisional title. The Titans have to beat the Texans, who have nothing to play for, to win the division. So on paper, at least, it seems like the Colts are a more likely opponent in the first round than Tennessee. There are, um, and, and there was a really interesting article, both on Buffalo rumblings and on the Twitter account at yards per pass, breaking down the four sets of eight playoff scenario possibilities um, split into categories of the bills and Steelers both win the bills and Steelers both lose the bills win and the Steelers lose and the Steelers win and the bills lose. It takes an abacus and at least two straight days of concentrating to figure out what all of this means because it's so complex and there's so many scenarios and permutations, but here's the bottom line. If both teams win Buffalo gets the number two seed and Cleveland would be the most likely opponent in half of those eight scenarios with Miami and Baltimore uh, appearing in the other two scenarios. 
I can't help but think of ways that what are the permutations that would keep Baltimore out? And that's going to be awfully difficult considering they're playing the Bengals. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. If the, if the, if the Ravens were playing anybody, although I give the Bengals a hell of a lot of credit for beating up on the Steelers on that primetime Monday night game. Uh, when, when Pittsburgh desperately needed a win, the steel, the, the Bengals are trash. I mean, it's not going to be a, a tough game for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but who knows, maybe they can summon some of that divisional rivalry hatred and want to knock off Baltimore. Um, I don't know the scenarios that keep the Ravens out of the playoffs, but I really wish that scenario would happen. Here is, I could go on and on for these scenarios, but the simplest one is this. If all of the teams that are favored to win on Sunday, the Bills, Ravens, Browns, Titans, and Colts, if they all win, Miami's on the outside looking in, and the Colts would be the seventh seed coming to Bills Stadium. If you flip one of those results, if the Steelers beat the Browns with their backups and all those other favorites win, Indy is eliminated and Miami would come back to Buffalo for a first round wild card game. The third time the Dolphins and Bills would meet this year. That is a scenario I am most likely pulling for. I want the Bills and Dolphins to play. I well, this is a topic for another podcast, but Jamie, it's so exciting to think that the Bills Dolphins rivalry is finally going to get renewed with passion and vigor these two teams are on the rise in the AFC East and I'm one of those fans who I miss this rivalry dearly the Bills and Dolphins so it would be great to add another playoff opponent uh, matchup for the Bills and Dolphins Um, and I believe the Bills and Dolphins let's see here it is the Bills and Dolphins have met in the playoffs four times all between 1988 and 1998 the Bills have won three of those, and the Dolphins won the last one into the 1998 season. I would love to see the Dolphins be the playoff opponent because I think Buffalo, Josh Allen, his eyes get as big as saucers when the Dolphins are the opponent. He does so well against them. He owns them, and I would love to see the Dolphins be the playoff opponent in the first round. And again, the Ravens make so much sense to me that I do not want anything to do with them uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Who knows? There's a ton of scenarios. Again, yards per pass on Twitter did a great job breaking all of this down here uh, for for Bills fans. And hopefully there's a scenario where the Ravens avoid coming to Western New York because they are a team that would be a, a huge challenge for Buffalo. I think the Bills can beat them. I just Lamar Jackson is 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 so incredibly talented and you can say all you want about oh contain him and keep him in front and win the edge battles and don't let him get yeah, good luck layer. Good luck with that. Exactly. Ugh. So we do have a game coming up. Yeah. Week 17, Bills and the Fish. Who you got, Jamie? Um, I think that Buffalo is going to roll out the C-Squad, and they're going to be so vanilla that uh, they are going to basically roll over in this game and say, take it, Miami. We don't particularly care. So I think you're going to see the Dolphins 24, the Bills 13. Jamie's got the Bills dropping this one to get to 12 and 4 on the year. I I, I think, like I said, I'm standing firmly by McDermott is going to play the starters for the first quarter. I think Josh uh, breaks Drew Bledsoe's single season passing yards record, uh, 4,359. Um, I think that the Bills offense moves well when Josh is on the field. I think they become a run-heavy team. When he is off the field, I think you're going to see a lot of the scrubs that we mentioned 
earlier in the podcast, but I just don't know Miami's offense, even against Buffalo's second string defense. I'm not worried about the Dolphins putting up a ton of points in this one. It's going to be a low scoring game. Why the heck not in the year of 2020 now turn 2021 with the bills backups in there. I'm going to go Buffalo picks up the win 17 to 12, 12. Nice. And think about this. Now, how Buffalo Billsy would it be to go 13 and three, a historically great record, but then you've got the damn chiefs that are going to go 15 and one. (laughs) Oh, I know. I mean, it's, it all makes you think back to that game when the Bills and Chiefs met up. And if the Bills could have won that game, then you would have had a reason for the Bills. And the Chiefs have not looked good of late. The, the Falcons took it to them and almost and should have had overtime, you know, last week. Um, the Dolphins played them tough for, for a half. You know, the, the Chiefs are, are, are wounded and, and the Bills have all that momentum. Uh, of course, a lot can happen between now and when these two teams would square off in the AFC playoffs. Uh, down the road. But one thing is for certain, you can come to believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast for all of your thoughts on the playoff matchups. Will the Bills tie the franchise record set in 1990 and 1991 with 13 wins in a season? Will they go six and oh in divisional play for the first time in franchise history? We will find out. Jamie says the Bills lose. I say the Bills pull out a Billsy win. Uh, on Sunday at the stadium. We will see, of course, but we want your feedback on this. Get involved with us on our podcast through social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Jamie, first show of 2021. Always good to have you here for a new year. Buddy, it's going to be a good year. Starting with this playoff run, let me tell you. Yes, a lot to look forward to. We will have you covered on all of the playoff games. We'll have a comprehensive preview once we know who Buffalo is going to be facing in that wild card round and what time and date that matchup will take place. But for the meantime, again, subscribe to our podcast. Tell all your friends and fellow Bills Mafia members about Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. For Jamie D'Amico, I'm John Boccasino signing off saying, Go Bills! (laughs) 